0: Welcome to Lonely Town, a killer's podcast. I'm Jimmy, here with Derek. Today we are talking Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. We are going to do a Christmas episode. We are going to talk about I'll Be Home for Christmas, which is one of the 10 or 11 songs the killers recorded for uh, for Christmas for the Red uh, campaign to to raise money for a good cause. And I think uh, there's a lot of people out there that probably wish they wouldn't have stopped, but... Eleven or ten or 11. I can't remember ten or eleven, but that's a pretty good streak of, of that many in a row every year. It was a good album. If you can find the album, it's a hard one
1: to get a hold of uh, to get the actual album. I don't know how many were produced, but not a lot. Now, if you go to places like eBay or you know Amazon, some of those secondary markets, they can go for a pretty penny. So, if you happen to have that album, uh, either treasure it or sell it. And and season's greetings. I'll throw that out there.
0: Happy holidays too. This is uh, this song starts out with a long introduction about uh, where Brandon is just narrating about how his family moved from Henderson, Nevada, to Payson, Utah. And uh, we thought about reading it, but I think there's just a couple points uh, of a couple things that he talks about that we wanted to point out. Um, you know, he was nine years old when he moved from Henderson to Payson. And he lived in Payson for a few years before he left to ne- moved to Nephi, and then of course back to Las Vegas. But uh, I thought it was interesting to hear him uh, talk about that are important to a nine-year-old when you, you know, when your parents want to move. He was concerned about his buddies, two houses down. He was concerned about his fort in the backyard, and you know those are the kinds of things that made me wonder what was it about his his time as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, his memories that made him want to move back there. And I'm sure by the time he was ready to move back there, it wasn't so he could go back to his old fort and see his old buddies. But, uh, you know, he'd been able to visit his family, I'm sure. But definitely, you know, hits on things that we've talked about, about why his parents wanted to move, what they were trying to get away from. He says it was a rat race, and they were, they were tired of the rat, trying to keep up with the rats and being niggled on.
1: Yeah, uh, it really goes hand-in-hand hand with pressure machine. Uh, Me and Jimmy have talked in previous episodes about wanting to get that validation or uh, that belonging in Utah. And when you listen to the Christmas album, which I really had not done a whole lot. i heard some of the songs, but I had not really listened to the whole album until this year. It really is pretty Utah-centric. If you break it down, there are desert songs and, and, you know, uh, Christmas in the desert and whatever. But uh, a lot of the times they're talking about snow or we talk about stomping the boots. And that gets to this uh, song. And the whole i mean, the whole introduction is, is basically leaving Las Vegas and coming to Utah, and Pressure Machine is living in a small town in Utah. So uh, it really went hand-in-hand um, hand when we were kind of talking about or thinking about doing a Christmas song, that this was the one that we had to do. Uh, I moved when I was, I think, eight or nine years old to Nephi, and I obviously didn't have the same connection that Brandon had with Las Vegas or that area. And like you're saying, what are your memories as a kid? I really, I mean, what were you doing? I don't know. Obviously, he had some sort of a deeper connection or something. Maybe older siblings just talking fondly about, you know, their time growing up in Vegas or hearing, man, there's nothing to do here. We had all this stuff. Maybe it was built up to him because, uh, you know, what else? Everyone had their little dirt forts. Everyone had their, their friends. But really, at eight years old, what really does bond you to a place so much that you go back and you become, I mean... The icon, the, the 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 voice of that city, almost with with what Brandon's done.
0: Yeah, I wonder now, uh, thinking about it, if you know, all he knew was that he wanted to get out of Nephi, and to him, the the main alternative was where he where he'd come from originally. So maybe it wasn't that he had all these great feelings for Las Vegas. It's just the main alternative, you know, somewhere he knew he could go back to. I mean, definitely, maybe he's more of a city guy too,
1: and thinking of that and that's an ultimate city. I don't know. It would be interesting to have that conversation someday or, or have those questions answered. Uh, one of the things that stuck out to me uh, with going through this intro is when he moved to Payson, he, uh, he says, I went to where the sweet and sour chicken was cooked and the ice cold caffeine-free Coke was just a fridge away. And I wanted to know, where is this sweet and sour chicken? How is it like, where's that coming? Everyone knows the caffeine-free Coke joke or whatever with, with uh, the Mormons not really drinking a lot of caffeine or having that whole stigma. We don't need to break that down, whether that's that's true or not. That's a debate within the debate. Uh, but the sweet and sour chicken was cooked. Was there is there some sort of a Chinese restaurant we're recording right now in Payson? And I can't think of – I mean, I don't know. I can't think of anything of – is that just a, a Chinese restaurant thing in Utah that's big? Or well, – I mean – Obviously, it's in there, so it has to mean something, right?
0: Yeah, I didn't know that it would be considered unique to the area. Uh, then he goes on and
1: talks about uh, Footloose. For those people that don't know, Footloose was, was filmed in Utah. I guess it must have been some in pace, and I know definitely at Lehigh, the roller mills of Lehigh, Utah make an appearance. Um, and then he brings up Jewel. And this is what makes me laugh, is because before Brandon Flowers... The claim to fame in the area was, you know, Jewel was born in Payson. And I, I don't know if she ever spent any time, but she was born. And then I think she went on to Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's kind of funny that he brings that up because uh, before him, it was Jewel and uh, and maybe Roseanne or Stevie Nicks in different parts of Utah. But those were those were the people that actually lived here for a little bit. But now he's kind of, if there was a modern day Brandon, they'd say, you know, to where Brandon Flowers lived or, you know, he he grew up here or something like that. So... I thought that was kind of interesting in the, in the I guess we call it introduction, I don't know.
0: In yeah, the, yeah. the other the other uh, celebrity name that pops up around central Utah is Chrissy Teigen was born in Delta. Oh,
1: Delta. Delta. Uh, Delta, you need to set your game up. I want Chrissy Teigen podcast, the likes of the Skiller podcast. And the people from Delta can tell you how horrible it is or something, I don't <laughs> know. Um, and then it goes on to talk about um, Smith's Food King. And... I don't know why, I mean, I just always think, uh, every time we record, I drive past the the Smiths that he's referring to, where his dad worked. Uh, It's probably maybe a mile away from here. It's a small uh, grocery store for people that aren't familiar with Smiths. I know they have them in Vegas as well, Uh, but they're uh, Kroger, I believe. So, they're kind of nationwide, they have different names, but here they're Smiths. Uh, Other interesting thing with Smiths is, before Ticketmaster and all that took off, they had what was called Smith Ticks. And if you want to go to a concert, like we talked about concerts that Brandon will have went to, uh, he would have bought his tickets to go to those concerts at Smith's, more likely than not. I guess, um, I don't know if people have actually went to the store, you could call up and order them, but, but Smith's Ticks and Smith's, I don't know, his dad was working at the produce, I, I can imagine that he maybe is a younger kid, he'd, he'd wake up early to come to work with his dad and then wait and buy his tickets or something, I don't know yeah. if that's true,
0: but... That so on your way, before you come home from work, make sure to pick me up some more tickets for the, for the yeah. Solitaire concert. S- not something like that, yeah.
1: So, anyways, we drive past that every day. Um, so, just, it does give you kind of a lay of the land. Uh, kid leaving his home behind, comes to this new place, and uh, once he gets here, he has his first rodeo, he has his first crush. Um, first fight? First fight, which we need to figure out who that is, and if you want, bring in the kid. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Uh, fourth grade fight.
1: For, fourth grade fights were the brutalist. Yeah, n-
0: nobody won. I can tell you right now. There's a bunch of slapping
1: and and somebody's mother got called something, but nothing too bad, I'm sure. Um, and that goes on to talk about his first white Christmas. And uh if, those of you that don't know, we we get a lot. Well, we used to get a lot more snow. It <laughs> seems like, but uh, this year we've even had our first snowfall. But we get we get uh, snow around the holidays, around Christmas time. And coming from Las Vegas, that's something he would have saw. So uh, the whole I'll be home for Christmas or white Christmas or, or that kind of thing, I think this is a memory that probably every time it snows, probably comes back to his head of his first white Christmas.
0: Yeah, and he brings up, at this point he brings up his fourth grade teacher, Ned Hanson, who, uh, you know, early on as we started going on this podcast, we were thinking of people who we could interview um, I tried to find Mr. Hansen to see if we could uh, record with him about his experience and I found out unfortunately that he passed away in April this year. So hopefully you know this will be his, his family's first Christmas with, without him so uh, feel, feel bad for them, but uh, we're glad we have we have this memory of him singing you know recorded that that you can find just about anywhere. so uh, there's one mention in his in his obituary about, about how he became a recording star with Brandon Flowers, who he taught in fourth grade, and that's you know a little snippet that made it into his obituary. That this you know I'm glad they were able to make this happen because it was obviously I if he was in my family that that would be that would be really cool to have that forever you know after he's gone uh, to have this recording of him singing and you know for it to be with a pretty easy to find and. On iTunes, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, I wonder how that conversation
1: went. And like Jimmy said, we were going to interview and we talked all about it and found out, unfortunately, that he passed away. But you have to think uh, a lot of times as teachers, you're kind of underappreciated, maybe undervalued. Um, But to get a call up, I mean, I don't know how many years later this was recorded from when he was in the uh, the fourth grade, but it was, you know, well over a decade later of this kid. And I don't know if they, I, did he did he know what happened with Brandon or was this out of the blue, hey, this is Brandon and I was in your class and I uh, went on to make a career myself and that time that you sung White well, Christmas to class really stood out to me. So as far as the teaching and a teacher aspect goes, you know, you always hear that, well, if I made a difference to one kid, it, it mattered or that was the reason for getting into it or whatever, as long as I can affect or help one life. Uh, I think Mr. Hanson here uh, definitely affected one life. He went out of his comfort zone, The kids were... You know, like like most kids would have been, just like, oh, "What is this? Get me out of here!" But it, for whatever reason, res- resonated with Brandon. It might have been, you know, one of the first times he saw a live performance. I don't know, but it was definitely something that intrigued him, and and he remembered all these years later enough to get him involved to put him on the album. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of a, a neat aspect of it. Uh, just an average guy that liked to sing in front of the kids. I'll be home for Christmas, telling the story and the history there, but you know, it's important to learn too. Um, But yeah, like you're saying with his family, uh, it would be nice to have something like that, especially you're going through Christmas and kind of hard times. I'm guessing if he was singing it in the classroom, he was probably singing it at home. Uh, It's probably a memory that they, they had together. So now to have that uh, able to be played whenever you want to hear it would be, would be very nice. And uh, as far as the whole album and everything goes, this is one song that not only was kind of Utah based kind of went with pressure machine also had that you know feel good story with it, so I I, I enjoyed the song. I've always enjoyed the song, uh, but with a little more history and a little more context, it was just it was cool to hear the whole pre story to to the song.
0: Yeah, so uh, thanks for listening in on on this episode. We hope that uh, you'll be home for Christmas, whether whether homes in Nephi or Henderson or uh, United Kingdom, Madagascar wherever. Uh, If you want to give me and Jimmy a present for Christmas, go ahead and give us a like and uh, a
1: good review. And with that, I think that's another episode down from Lonely Town.